LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. This is a shout out to our Reach Australia conference sponsors, Compassion. 385 million children live in extreme poverty. Poverty robs children of their basic human rights. And in its ugliest form, poverty can lead to exploitation, child labour and even death. That's why Compassion's Child Sponsorship Program exists. Because more powerful than poverty is the hope of Jesus, the care of the local church and the encouragement of you, a loving sponsor. Go to compassion.com.au Well, hello, I'm Madeline Galea. And I'm Scott Sanders. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centred ministry each week. Now, Maddie, did you know that uh, Mm. the world's oldest PGA champion at 50 was announced just in these last few weeks? I did not. I know you're an avid golf fan. (laughs) Yeah, because I was like, what are we talking about? Right, golf. Uh, My granddad played golf. Um, uh, How old was he? 50. Oh, that's not that old. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> I should be more impressed. I thought you were going to say 93 and he's so fit. <laughs> no, 50. But, mate, okay. all the golf guys are, you know, they're frothing, to use a millennial term, over Mickelson winning at 50. You know, bad knees and all and still winning at 50. Mm, so there's hope, hope yet for Derek, so that's good. Oh, there's hope for Derek. He has how many more years? <laughs> no, he won't reveal that information. Uh, The One Thing's brought to you thanks to Geneva Push, the Australian Church Planting Network. Over the past 10 years, we've helped plant 100 churches in Australia, and we're aiming for 200 more by 2030. But for now, you press play on another episode of The One Thing, your church's first hire. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you going? Good. Mike Sands is in the office, in the Sydney office. You church planted within the Trinity Network in Adelaide. Yep. And you have three children. That's right. You are Derek's brother-in-law. Uh, yep. Which you can tell us more about. Um, and you are a Re- Reach Australia Church Consultant. That's right. Yes. And great to have you on the team and in the office. Uh, today's topic is your church's first hire. So the average Australian church has 70 people, uh, which means there's a significant amount of churches with a single pastor employed. Hmm. Um, so a lot of churches are coming to the point of, uh, having a second hire, who should that be? Uh, what do I need to be looking for? Which is what we're going to explore today. Great. And it's like a significant growth barrier as well. So it's a significant mm. key decision. And, and often churches don't have enough resource to sort of push past that. Yeah. And so you kind of you kind of want to get it right. Because mm. if you don't get it right, it's a, a very costly decision. Yeah. Mm. So you church planted. And so yeah. obviously you when you started that, you were the single guy kind of running the show what what was that like being the solo pastor yeah well on one level you could say i wasn't the solo pastor in that uh we uh worked hard to have a mts apprentice plant with us from the beginning and be on the core team and go with us oh, nice. um, in that in that sense uh but i was the only uh full-time fully trained yeah okay uh, guy in the in the team but yeah. yeah okay and how many did you launch with we had 35 uh adults yeah. In our core team that we were sent with. Yeah. Yeah. So you launched with 35. Yeah. Um, would you do that again? Oh, look, I think the, all the data and stats that say the more that you can launch with, the mm. better 
uh, your setup is correct. Yeah. And we would have loved to have launched with more yeah. and, and an array of circumstances meant we couldn't. So we had to make the decision, is it still worth it with what we had? And we made the decision it was. But I think if you can get to 50 plus, you've got a, a, a stronger chance of having two churches uh, in a more thriving, stable position uh, sooner. Yeah. And if you have 70, you really can go. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, Mike, where do apprentices fit into all this? Uh, well, when we're thinking about uh, hiring and having people on board, if you have an, an apprentice who's capturing the vision that you're going with, and talk about vision as being so important and thinking about hiring, uh, it's a really quick and helpful way to have others getting alongside uh, with you and doing the ministry that can pay more attention to it than everyone else in your core team is more than likely got full-time jobs and kids and family. Uh, now, someone will say, oh, Mike, you know, that's just kind of slave labour, uh, or that's a lot of work. You know, I've actually got to train and develop that person. I'm not getting a, you know, a mature pastor who knows what they're doing. That's going to be a drain on me to have an apprentice. Yeah, I just don't buy either of those arguments. I think uh, they're straw men, to be honest. Like the idea that it's slave labour is totally misunderstanding what an apprenticeship is. It's about training and building someone up in leadership and leadership development. Uh, so if you've got that conviction, you've got to have that conviction to do it. And then the idea of it taking too much of your time, I think is also a straw man, because while you may decide to put more time in being with them, uh, you're doing that so then they can go and train up others and get involved in do more of the ministry uh, and be in the ministry more so that you can work on other things. And so it's, it's a no-brainer to me. Uh, in are, you, to are you particular, though, as to who that uh, apprentice would be? That's a great question because I think that, that's key. You're not just going to get someone to come on board who's wrestling with, should I be in ministry and I don't have heaps of ministry experience. You've got to yeah. do due diligence, I think, when you're, when you're planting and thinking, is this someone who actually can get alongside me and, and be part of a core team and get what, where you're heading and what you're doing? Yeah. Now, might Holy Trinity have a culture of apprenticeships and sending apprenticeships off for their plants? Also... You're a former MTSer as well. You know, Absolutely. you're an apprentice yourself. Yep. So, what would you say to someone who hasn't been an apprentice, hasn't trained an apprentice? Would you still say get an apprentice? I would say if you if you've got the mindset of I I want to help raise up uh, someone else in ministry and then working alongside me, and you've got clarity of vision and how you're going to go ahead and doing that, I think it's definitely something you've got to pursue. Mm, yeah. yeah. What are the principles for when you hire and who you hire? Yeah, that's great. So I think these three principles, when you get to the point that we mentioned earlier, of we're thinking about a full-time staff to come on board with you to break that barrier, uh, these principles are really important. But even if you're getting a person as you're starting, an admin person for one day a week, or the apprentice that we've talked about, I think these things are still really important. Um, Mm. First one is you've got to have staffing to help achieve the vision that you're heading towards, uh, not the immediate needs you have. And when you're a smallish church or when you're... Uh, uh, in a church plant, you have lots of immediate needs. Mm. Uh, but you've got to be thinking about where are we heading and staffing and putting people into leadership positions in regards to your vision. That, that's key. Secondly, uh, staffing uh, in a complementary way so that someone who is theologically and philosophically aligned with you um, but is gifted uh, and, their, and their personality is different. Uh, to so, to the solo. Yeah, to, so to me yeah. in that sense. So I want to make sure, not just assume 
uh, that their theological thinking and their philosophic philosophical way that they do ministry, their values, if you like, yeah. uh, we can work together with. Because uh, just because we're in the same camp doesn't mean there's not things there that are going to clash uh, as we figure out what we're going to do. So not assume that, but also when it comes to gifts and uh, personality, pay attention to that. Yeah. So can you give us a, like, you talked about ministry philosophy, you've talked about, you know, your theological you know, your theological sort of distinctives as well. What's what's the difference between the two? So, like, for example, uh, loyalty, um, a personal example is loyalty to me is, is a value that I've always, uh, it's always been a big part of who I am. So if I have someone come onto the team and they're a bit of a renegade and they're going to do things their own way, kind of as part of the team, that's going to be a point of conflict I've got to wrestle with. Is that going to work? Uh, yeah. So that's, it's it's not like it's a, a non-negotiable biblical value but loyalty is a biblical principle but it's how it works on the ground uh that's a key thing to wrestle with how would you work that out though like what would someone do like if they're not going to uh, bring in an external body to help them with their hiring process how can he work out where do we align where do we differ i think that's where you got you got to work really hard at getting to know the person beforehand there is uh, i don't think just a one-off job interview in your classic style interview does does the work of yeah. understanding someone. Uh, so when I went to Adelaide, uh, the network spent time uh, thinking about who I was, who my family was, mm. and whether we'd fit into the network. Uh, and then in regards to uh, who I worked uh, for originally and was plant, uh, sent from with James Harris in Modbury, whether we could work well together. And so then we'd spent time together before mm. we actually uh, had an official interview. Yeah. to get a sense of would we work, what are, what are we like, what are our differences. So i got a picture of he's a massive big thinker, go-getter, more than me, mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I've, I've got to figure out could I work with him. And yeah. he was thinking about could I uh, get on board with his vision for where things were going. For yeah, nice. So I think, I think as well you know, involving other people in the hire process can be really helpful as well because you know yourself and you can have your – um, you know your ways of seeing things. So actually, having a group of people around who can see different things, having yeah. men and women in the interview panel, mm. um, really, really helpful as well. Yeah. You knowing yourself as well is really important because um, yeah. even just having that self awareness to go, okay, here's here's my personality. Here's what's going to be important. Can then help you have that kind of d- discussion as well. Absolutely, and that leads into uh, one of the other things I think is really important is you've got to understand where your strengths lie because if you if you're the kind of person who's big picture dreaming always in the big uh, wondering landscape on what's going to happen uh, but you know that you don't land things as well actually seeing the next person your big key hire someone who's on board with that but he's great at landing things mm. that really helps you going forward so we recently did that genius assessment as a team and uh, and that was kind of a helpful a helpful tool it's a Lenciani tool very very simple uh, but it, even just doing some sort of uh, uh, an external tool survey that can get a sense of what they're like and what you're like and, and where there's going to be conflict or where there's going to be tension is a, is a useful thing. And, and again, not that costly, you know, 35 bucks or mm. $65 or something like that. It's not that costly given the amount of cost you're going to be going into. Yeah, especially because if you think that way in how you're going to staff and who you're going to work with, that's your strength having differences but if you don't pay attention to it, it's also going to be uh, points of conflict yeah. because people are going to have different preferences and they're going to annoy each other And um, if you don't pay attention to it. So you actually want to foster healthy, good uh, relationships within a team that's quite dynamic. Yeah. yeah. And you can do that in a small team. 
Mm-hmm. You can do that with people that aren't actually on full time, but you're raising up into those positions as well. Yeah. Now, Mike, you're desperate though. You really need someone. You're struggling. You've got so much work. Do I just hire anybody? Uh, that blatant of a question, I would say no. I reckon it's better. <laughs> I reckon it's better to have a gap and make sacrifices there than to cause pain. Uh, so, if if you're going, you get to spend most of your time with people that you work with in ministry. It's what you, you're doing day by day. Uh, I just think life's too short, and uh, our relationships matter. And working in a team that works well without conflict is actually in the long run better for the ministry and it's better for your health and well-being and, and all those things and sometimes uh, thinking about going for a particular job or area that needs to be met mm. that pressure can be overwhelming and so you've got to, you've got to work hard at wisdom there and like you said sometimes having another voice to say is it worth the risk in this situation with these questions or not is, is worthwhile as well yeah um, so you can can you just summarize for us those three key points? You staff uh, in relation to your vision, where you're heading, mm. uh, not what you're trying, uh, not just the things that you need to have happen, just to get things off your desk. Yeah. Uh, you're actually wanting to think about who is going to actually complement our team, mm. and what are their gifts and uh, personalities, and how they're going to complement, not be the same as me, mm. um, and they're theologically and philosophically aligned uh, with you and your church's values. And the third one is that we're just talking about is that. Chemistry matters, that you actually get along with one another and then you actually uh, want to create a healthy work environment. Nice. Very helpful. Thanks. So a senior minister is responsible for funding for the church. Uh, What are your tips around raising support for a new hire? Yeah, I think it's got to come back to the the first principle I've said of how you go about your hiring is that you paint a picture for your church about where do you want to head Mm. and to get there, having another person uh, will will help you do that. And so if people can catch on board to your vision and seeing how bringing someone on board is going to get you there and they're passionate about that, they see this is how we're going to reach the lost uh, in, our, in our area, uh, then that's how you help people uh, think about generosity. Yeah, uh, That's a much better uh, approach than saying, we want to bring someone on board and to do that, we need to increase our budget line by this number. Mm. So can you please give this percentage so our budget can match the person so that we can bring the person on board yeah. instead of saying, imagine if we could reach an area of our community that we haven't been able to yet and that's what we've actually decided we're wanting to try and do yeah. and we're going to bring on uh, this person uh, and to do that. I mean, it's a totally different conversation. Yeah, casting the vision. Yeah. That's great. Well, thanks so much for joining us. What's the one thing you want to say about making your first hire? Yeah, hiring can take a long time. Mm. And so you want to be thinking about where do you want to go and hiring uh, to achieve that. Mm. Well, thanks for joining us, Mike. Pleasure. Uh, Scott, what's in the toolbox? Well, take a look at episode 152 of The One Thing with Al Stewart. Avoid hiring the wrong person. Al's always good for a good rant and clisp. Clear, clear, crisp clarity <laughs> on uh, on everything. The other one is the book we've referred to, Staff Your Church for Growth by Gary McIntosh. I think it's got some great helpful principles in it. Uh, so check that out. Third thing is, uh, why not get a staffing consult from Reach Australia? Uh, it's always good to, I think, have third parties uh, involved and, and give advice. And we've got a great staffing consult that can help you think into some of these things as well. So check out the website, reachaustralia.com.au.
the Reach Australia podcast network is expanding and I think that's great news. It's great <laughs> that we've got a network and it's building and it's and it's growing. We've been running the one thing for a couple of years now and in 2020 we launched the second podcast in the network, the Reach Australia podcast. You've got some great seasons there. So now we're adding another podcast network partner, Homegrown Faith. Now you can check out Homegrown Faith by searching that on your favourite podcast app and I reckon it's great hearing from Joe and Richard every week about what they're reading in God's Word. So check out Homegrown Faith. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Madeline Galea. Chat soon. Chat soon. If you enjoyed the Reach Australia National Conference, you're going to really enjoy the Learning Labs. They're an opportunity for you to go deep into a particular ecosystem area in church life or a particular area that you might have wanted you know, to ask more questions about that you couldn't at the conference. So check out reachaustralia.com.au forward slash labs and you can find out a whole bunch of labs. Now, the great news is if you went to the conference, they're free. But if you didn't, you're going to have to pay 15 bucks. So check out reachaustralia.com.au forward slash labs.